Three, two, one. It's that time of the day. Welcome to the 4th Street Sports Show, an award-winning student podcast covering all things Golden Eagles. And welcome back to 4th Street Sports Show. I am your host for today on this beautiful Monday afternoon, Dima Mixon, joined here by the whole crew is back in session today. Well, not the whole crew because we are missing Nathan, but everybody else is here. Charlie Luttrell, Jackson Howell, and Austin Lindsay all here on the phone with me. We will have Big Gold Nation senior writer and founder, Heath Hitton, uh, later in the show. Um, The owner of Big Gold Nation, who Jackson has, you know, been begging for a while to get on. And uh, he's finally on, you know. So, uh, but he'll be on in a little bit. But first... Jackson, Austin, we haven't heard from y'all in like a month and a half. How was y'all's break? What'd you do? What was fun? What did you eat? Uh, did you did you did you blow up some fireworks on New Year's Eve? Uh, I don't know what y'all did, but just fill us in on a fill me and Charlie in because we were actually here last week recording a podcast. So just fill us in on what y'all been doing. I'll let you go first, Jackson. <laughs> All right. Basically, I spent my time in Lewisville, George County, which. I know we'll hear, hear about a couple players later that came from George County to Southern Miss, MJ Daniels and Dylan Lawrence. But, yeah, I spent time back at home, went on vacation with the girlfriend. We went to first Daytona Beach, then we went to Disney World. Um, <clears throat> so that was some stuff we did, celebrated the holidays, obviously. And uh, semester starting here in a couple days. So we're finally back in the Dirty Berg, if you will. So, Definitely uh, excited to get back started with 4th Street, uh, and I'll throw it on to you, Austin. Thank you, Jackson. Um, I would say um, that my vacation or break wasn't as interesting as Jackson, so I'm a little bit jealous. But I did go to a Pelicans game, so I did see uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie uh, live in effect. Uh, they did beat the Pelicans, which I was kind of upset for, even though I'm a Lakers fan. But uh, that was kind of the highlight of my break, guys. Uh, I kind of enjoyed the Christmas lights um, out there in uh, Brandon, um, out there and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. But I kind of would say, guys, that I've been in hibernation. I've kind of been away, but I'm back. Uh, that's all that, that matters. I'm back. I'm trying to just recuperate and stuff like that. I have a lot going on. Um, behind the scenes as a chapter president in my fraternity. So I'm trying to get everything uh, together with that. But I've been doing I've been doing pretty well. So I've been just kind of trying to take every day, day by day and enjoy that time. Also, I am upcoming uh, an upcoming WDAM intern. So that was one of the highlights of my break. Also, intern working with Taylor Correct. Hopefully uh, we have a fun um, time and I start that tomorrow. So that's kind of the highlight of the break. So I've really been resting, just getting ready for the huge things coming up. And it is our last semester. Me, uh, <laughs> me, Jackson, and Charlie, it's our last semester on the campus of Southern Miss. So it's a kind of a boohoo moment, but we're enjoying it day by day. But that's a, that's a lot of stuff. stuff. Yeah. He's like, I had a pretty, pretty mundane break starts talking for five minutes on everything he did but you know it's cool <laughs> speaking of taylor Corette, just shout out to him getting his tweet publicized on espn you know yes incredible i think his tweet got like almost three million views yeah so, 
That's pretty awesome. Shout out to him. We love Taylor. I don't know who tipped him that. Like, what? Uh, this <laughs> He's guy, got he is from the Jacksonville area, so, yeah. hey. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so shout out to him, but I'm glad to have everybody in. Hopefully, we'll hear from Nathan sometime in the near future. Um, so, gentlemen, we're back. Fourth Street, season four of Fourth Street. We have four gentlemen in the uh, the call right now. Um, obviously, uh, breaking news just uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Austin Armstrong headed to Alabama to be the uh, an on-field position coach. I don't think they've quite decided uh, where he's going to go yet. Um, you'll hear a lot more about that later with our interview with Heath. So we were not going to get too much into that right now. But um, obviously, just like everybody, like you'll hear in a second, um, just to tip of your cap to Austin Armstrong, when you have Alabama coming to get your coach, uh, I think Will Hall's doing something right, you know. So, uh, but we're going good, right? We basketball is going crazy. Both teams are doing really well. We have baseball starting up in a little bit. We just finished uh, uh, sign signing, and we just are the transfer portal. I mean, or the declaring for draft closes today. The transfer portal closes next week. Uh, so a lot happening, even though it is the off season for football and basketball's up and running. So let's get into some women's basketball because uh, you know to start the season, Charlie. You know, it looked like it was going to be a maybe a, a regrouping year, um, especially with some some key players kind of missing some time there in the beginning. But man, they're on a streak right now. You were at the game Saturday where they. Uh, beat ULM 77 to 57. That was win number 300 for uh, coach Joy Lee McNeilis at Southern Miss. Um, so Charlie, just talk about the game, the atmosphere and man, this women's team, they're kind of, they're second in the Sun Belt. Yeah. I mean, there was all talks about um, what it was going to be like facing these teams, not having uh, no knowledge about them prehand, beforehand. And they've just done really well to start off conference play. Um, obviously, every, all the eyes were on the men's team, but I think as many eyes should be on the women's team right now because they're playing a team brand of basketball, uh, totally contrast contrasted to what we saw in the first few weeks we were like wow this is going to be a project because they had i mean they almost lost a exhibition game against you know a not d1 school and that was kind of eye-opening uh, to the whole team they're saying that they've got a lot to work on and it was the dom davis show basically for the first two weeks it was like if she can't produce then what is this team gonna do and uh, I hadn't gotten to watch them for over a month, basically. So it was kind of my first time seeing them in a different form. And it's almost, you know, night and day difference. They were uh, – team team play was just, like, on a whole nother level. And Dom uh, was still, you know, led the team in scoring with 14 points. But when you can pull a 20-point win and she only scored 14 points, only took 10 shots, that shows you the kind of brand of basketball they're playing. And a big part of that is their defensive identity, just something Lee McNellis always, you know, uh, puts importance on. And they right now just played lights-out defense. Um, basically, McNellis said it's within the sets that they know. They did a lot of scouting on these teams. Uh, they have a test, you know, coming up against, I think, Marshall and App State. Um, but uh, they're one of the top, I think, three-point shooting teams, which we've seen they've struggled against at times. But right now, the turnovers they've been forcing and just how they've been able to spread the ball on offense has made them a really exciting team and I think dangerous in the Sun Belt. Yeah, Jackson, you know, it's almost like every time you hear this a lot, you know, where coaches say, um, you know, when the Sun Belt play starts, it's like a whole – it's another season. You know, you kind of just take away the non-conference – 
And this team has come a long way since um, being outscored. What was it like? 48 to seven against Ole Miss a couple of months ago um, in the first half. Right. And uh, when we kind of thought that this is going to be a rebuilding season and Austin, you can come in on this too, but, um, but this Sunbelt play, they really turned it around and only losing that one game well, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, the, the non-conference, that's really just a tune-up, right? Like, it helps you in your RPI, you know. But really, like, Sunbelt, <clears throat> across both sports, really, you know, really the champion is who goes on to do bigger and better things. But, yeah, it's just a, you, a lot of good things from the women's basketball team, but they have tough tasks ahead of them. They've got a four-game road trip, which we just saw the the men counterparts have. Uh, they went two and two. They kind of struggled for – you know, really the first time this year the men did. So we'll see how the women do that. But obviously coming off of a 20-point victory against uh, Louisiana Monroe, that's definitely big for the women. And a coach getting her 300th win, you know, they got to be able to travel. And if they can travel and get two or three wins on this road trip, look out. I'd agree. Um, that's one of the huge things you just talked about, Jackson, was just the ability to travel. Um, they have a lot of games, guys. They have a lot of games on the road. They did just come off a four-game homestand. Now they're on a four-game four uh, uh, four trip, road-game trip. So that shall be interesting. But these are teams that are kind of in the bottom half of the uh, other division. Um, as you know, in the Sun Belt, is the champion uh, is not broken up by division. Uh, it's strictly the number one. Um, the Sun Belt takes the number one person. Uh, but in these games, they have coming up, guys. Uh, first off, they have Appalachian State, who is about uh, well, they are three and three. Up next, they have um, I'm trying to get it put up. Marshall, Arkansas State. Which two, uh, these two teams are in the bottom half of the division in women's basketball, but then they have a tough game against Texas State after that, who is four and two in the division. So that shall be a marquee matchup. Arkansas State right now is 0 and 6, guys. They're 0 and 6, and Marshall is 2 and 4. So, uh, not just to you know, just tuck them up as wins, but those are kind of teams at the bottom half of the division. But that fourth game on the road against Texas State. In a, uh, in a game where you're traveling a lot and have a lot of miles of upcoming, that shall be an interesting game right there. But I can fairly see this team, this, uh, this Southern Miss women's team, uh, running the table or getting close to it. Winning three out of the four would be a, a huge plus right here. Um, so that is interesting about this team. This team has completely turned it around and did a complete 180. So I think that is huge. Like Charlie said, this team is a different team from the team that we watched at the beginning of the season. But it shall be interesting to see what they have coming up. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we'll see this team, uh, you know, no worse than a four seed, I guess, down there in Pensacola in a couple of months. Uh, Charlie, you were at the, at the game uh, Saturday. Julie Mila. Joy Coach McNeil has uh, got her 300th win, um, and she had some things to say uh, after that win. So we want to play that clip now. It's a little bit long. It's like two and a half minutes or so. Uh, it's just really good. So we'll just play this really quick. Credit for this clip goes to Charlie Luttrell, SM2 Sports. Oh, I just, number one, I have to thank God because, you know, he has given me the opportunity to come back to Southern Miss. When I was a player here and an assistant coach under Coach James, I knew that no matter where I went, that this is where I wanted to be. 
And, you know, Coach James gave me the opportunity as a player to play at Southern Miss. And I loved it here. People took care of me here. The university took care of me. People in this community took care of me. Because I'm a kid from rural South Mississippi in Hancock County that didn't grow up with a whole lot. And people took care of me and this community did. So that I could live my dream as a college player. And I knew one day I wanted to come back and give to those people that gave me so much as a player. And the coolest thing about it, when I first came back in 04, we had our highest number in our booster club. Almost everybody that impacted my life as a player that I was close to was in my booster club. Unfortunately, God's called many of them home. But those people impacted my life as a player, and they impacted our life in returning to Southern Miss. And so, you know, my husband gave me my start as a college coach. He hired me straight out of playing for Coach James, worked with him for a couple of years, then came back to Southern Miss as an assistant and went to Memphis. And when I went to Memphis, um, I knew the only job I wanted. I was offered the job at South Carolina, and Mike McGee then was the athletic director there. And when I met him and I asked him, because he had a huge buyout, I said, no, sir, I will not have a buyout because the job I want, Southern Miss. So if that job comes open, I'm not paying to get out of it. They're not going to pay. And he said, you have lost your mind. Why would you want to go to Southern Miss? So when I took the job here in 04, the athletic directors that I was tied in with, that I'm still friends with today, said, you're committing career suicide. You cannot go there. And you know what? I knew this is where I wanted to be. And I followed my heart and God's direction against the wisdom, against my husband and son that was not happy in coming to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but understood why. And it was because of family and getting the opportunity to give back to such a great community and a university that gave me a chance as a player. Charlie, you've, I think you've been covering, you and Austin have been covering, you know, women's basketball for the longest on this podcast. Just talk about uh, the impact that Coach McNeilis has had to this program. Yeah, I mean, you could talk all day about that, yeah. obviously. Um, I mean, the first year I was doing it was when she announced, you know, her cancer diagnosis. And, I mean, she was always just, like, she sends off great vibes, like in post games. She's just really nice, really sincere. She's just that kind of person. Uh, but that's really when I kind of saw the impact she had on the program and in the community too. Um, she has that kind of far-reaching impact that uh, not many coaches really do in other places. You know, she is a part of Hattiesburg. She is a part of Southern Miss. And there's a lot of coaches here that, you know, strive to do that. And uh, she's been a mainstay at Southern Miss for a while. And just, you know, hearing that, I mean, that that shows you how important uh, Southern Miss is to her. And uh, I can tell you a lot of people at Southern Miss are glad to have her. They had a um, – thing after the post uh, post game uh, dinner I guess you'd call it and it was kind of like Southern Miss fans um, and one of the fans kind of spoke uh, and gave a speech about how glad they were to have her here so it was nice and I mean obviously you can just see the impact she's had for <laughs> decades uh, with Southern Miss not just as a coach but also a player definitely yeah right. I think that was well said just to add to that Charlie I know it's kind of cliche to say 
But uh, Jolie McNeilis is the Southern Miss women's basketball, not just women's basketball. She is Southern Miss basketball, guys. And she's been a staple here, like you said, for decades now. And I think that's huge. And and, and you kind of saw the the love and appreciation um, just off that video uh, where she just talked about coming in as a coach um, here and just starting off as a player and just her coach giving her the chance to play and do the things that she did here and just give back. She said that she wouldn't want it any other way but to be Southern Miss, and I thought that was very special. Definitely, definitely. All right, on to men's basketball. Um, riding high until a couple of weeks ago where – they did drop um, two matchups uh, to Louisiana on the road, which we talked about on the last podcast. But then it's just recently in a huge game on national television to Marshall uh, where they lost by 20. Um, you know, they, they could really just never get the their momentum. Um, you know, Austin Crowley kind of went down early and Hase kind of went down early and were kind of – they just got gassed. Uh, Crowley did have 20 in that game, um, but they just – you could see that they were gassed and – Marshall just <laughs> nailed almost three-pointer after three-pointer. They're 15-4. and four. They just got a road win against Arkansas State. They have a huge game at, at Reed Green on Thursday night, um, which I assume will be pretty full with fans, which is pretty insane to believe when you think about we're middle of January. Um, you know, so they struggled on their road string, road, road, road swing. The past couple of weeks, they've been on a four-game road trip. They went two and two. Um, but they do have – they're back in Reed Green – uh, they have South Alabama Thursday night, like I just mentioned. South Alabama's not had their best season by any means. They're two and four in Sunbelt play, but Southern Miss has lost three straight to them, um, especially considering last year. I think uh, they lost by 30, right, on the road in Mobile. Um, so the basketball, uh, Charlie, you and I probably fall on the most um, – just talk about, um, you know, we were talking a little bit with Heath Hinton about this in, a, in a, on the interview. Hase kind of getting uh, pushed around down there just a little bit uh, in these past couple games. It's kind of uh, lessened his impact that he's been having in the, the non-conference. Uh, uh, and, and Crowley's still doing what he's been doing, but just talk about that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's always going to be a time in the season where some teams learn something out uh, that you're going to have to adjust to. I think that's what we're seeing. Um, I mean, Felipe has got a, a really unique skill set uh, that Southern Miss, I don't think, really has had to that caliber. So I, I don't, you know, have any doubts that they're not going to adjust. But he does, you know, impact because he does impact the game in different areas. But I do think that there's got to be an improvement in his interior offense. You know, I haven't been able to watch uh, their stretch, including the Marshall game uh, over the break. But from what I saw early in the season, you know, lots of his shots were from the perimeter. Uh, they have the other guys in the interior. You, you just saw Denijah Harris go for a career high. But I definitely think you need Felipe to kind of be that physical guy uh, too, or to see more uh, physicality and the paint, but I mean, still been one of the, you know, marquee players for Southern Miss this season. And like I said, he can do so many other things on the court and they've got that kind of depth at that position too. So I think it's just going to be a matter of adjusting to kind of style of the play that they've seen so far on the Sun Belt. For sure. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Thursday night. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, and obviously, you know, we've kind of been, uh, we've been following them. We just haven't been covering them as closely as we would in middle of the season just because we've been off on break and 
Um, it's just a, a weird swing for us in basketball season just because that's when our break is and we're not 100% in on Southern Miss Athletics as we would be in a semester. So um, so that's women's basketball. That's men's basketball. We have our special interview with Heath Hinton right around the corner. So stay tuned for that. Um, so this is, we'll take a little break and then we'll be back with Big Gold Nation senior writer and um, and and Jackson's boss on the show <laughs> and owner. So we'll have him right around the corner. <laughs> This is 4th Street, and we got Mo Dogs on 88.5 this year. Back on 4th Street with Charlie, Jackson, and Austin, and our special guest. Jackson, you know, you've been on our knees begging to have this guy on for six or seven months now, and you finally got him. We have the very, the man himself, insider and recruiter for rivals. We have Big Gold Nation owner, Mr. Heath Hinton. Mr. Heath, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday afternoon? What is up, fellas? Good to talk with you today. Always good to be in with the 4th Street crew. And, uh, yeah, Jackson, <clears throat> people don't know, Jackson uh, writes for me and uh, does a few other things. So, uh, always I'm glad I was able to come on and be with you guys and, uh, you know, just have a lot of fun. Let's talk a little Southern Miss. Let's do it. Good to have the – Good to have the godfather of the Southern Miss beat on, finally. I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I'll take whatever whatever uh, compliments I get sometimes. There we go. Uh, you know, so last last week, obviously, everybody listening to this knew that me and Charlie talked a lot about the news re- re- uh, revolving around Southern Miss football at that time. And since then, we obviously have humongous news um since that podcast uh news that Heath you kind of broke uh initially Austin Armstrong moving on to uh his new position defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong moving on to his new position in Alabama um can you just talk about a little bit about that and obviously all of us on here we all speculated what would happen if Austin Armstrong got kind of kind of like the motive behind it like if he got uh, an offer that was just too good to pass up, right? And um, and and that just kind of seems what it happens here. And Southern Miss fans may think that you know it's kind of they're just kind of the you know gas station on the side of the road that he stops at as he's headed on towards the bigger cities. But you can't really blame him, right? No, in fact, God bless him, um, him and his family. I mean, thirty years old, uh, going to be a coach. Really have decided what he's going to be. Uh, probably going to be a position coach, but uh, of course it's a pay raise SEC at Alabama. You can never blame a man for bettering himself. And, and look, he's going to leave Southern Miss in good hands. Uh, coach O'Brien safety's coach is going to replace him. Now who the inside linebacker coach is going to be, because that's what Armstrong coached. Uh, that's still to be determined. Should know something here in the next few days. Uh, but you gotta, yeah, you guys gotta tip your hat. Let me tell you something. When a school like Alabama comes to pick your defense coordinator up, you're doing something right. When, when you're, when your coaches are getting, you know, I don't want to say poached, but when they're getting offered better jobs, you're doing something right. And for Will Hall, he's got to, you know, for Will Hall, that's got to feel good. And Southern Miss going in the right direction. I like the idea of O'Brien coming in just, you're not going to change anything up. It's already worked. Just keep going with what's been working. 
And I think it's a great move. And we'll see who they get for linebacker. That'd be an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. And I want to bring Charlie Jackson and Austin all into this because this is obviously huge news. You know, you, you you think about all the coaches, just like Mr. Heath was saying, right? Like, you're going to Alabama. That is the top of the line of college football. And when they're coming to find Southern Miss's defensive coordinator to be on their staff, that is a very huge plus. I, people, A lot of people think this is a negative, but I think that is a resounding holy cow, Alabama's looking at this defense and seeing how good it was. You know, just some names that have coached under – I mean, this is a, this is the, this is reality. Austin Armstrong is being coaching now under Nick Saban, right? You know, you think of Jimbo Fisher. You think of Kirby Smart. You think of all of these other coaches, Will Muschamp, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, you know, Mark D'Antonio, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Like, all of these coaches who've coached under Nick Saban who've seen incredible careers and nothing short of where Austin Armstrong can go. And right quick before you go, I just want to say about Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt is somebody that's rumored to going to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama, which would make even more sense yeah. because him and Armstrong have that connection for Armstrong to go over and be the linebackers coach. So that kind of puts some pieces in place there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say uh, earlier this year, you know, I watched uh, Lane Kiffin kind of talking about how Nick Saban kind of saved his coaching career. And when he started out, you know, he was all the way down that coaching tier. Like you said, there's just a lot of names, you know, on the staff. If you can be on that staff, it's it's a, uh, you know, grateful opportunity. And I mean, Austin Armstrong, 30 years old, just uh, we were talking to him earlier this year. Just the whole sense around the building since he's been uh, here is just how, you know, smart how um how good he was for his age and how fast he was kind of moving up the ranks. So I, I won't say that we saw this coming like right now, because obviously it was like, wow, Austin Armstrong is going to Alabama. But we all had the sense that eventually, you know, he was going to move on to other opportunities. And all I got to say is just um, that's, a, that's a great opportunity for him to go to Alabama. And I'm just excited to see where his coaching career takes him. And just to add to that, Charlie, like you said, it's just remarkable to see at the age of 30 that he has moved up just in the ranks so fast. And it's it's truly remarkable, like you said. Just um some food for thought here uh, with Armstrong. He was uh, tied fourth in the nation with the Southern Miss defense um, in sacks. That's truly remarkable for a 30-year-old to just be able to find a way to get to the quarterback with the piece, with the pieces he utilized this season. It was truly remarkable. And just the defensive schemes that we saw from Unstrong on putting quarterback, on putting pressure on the quarterback, it's ahead of his time, guys. And especially it's going to be really utilized in a system like Alabama's uh, system with the, the talent level that they have. So Austin Armstrong has got a uh, – a world of an opportunity right here. And I think it's remarkable. And just to, like you said, Charlie, the thing that was uh, very huge and big is that he was able to um, get to this point. And, and I, I lost my train of thought, but I'm going to pass it over to you, Jackson. I'm sorry about that. But uh, that was just a food of thought. I'll come back if I haven't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you good, Austin. And you really can't help but tip your cap, cap to Austin Armstrong. I mean, like y'all said, when Alabama comes calling, that's a job you kind of have to take. For your family, you know, obviously a pay raise there. But, you know, there's definitely going to be a void at Southern Miss, right? You go to every practice, every game, right? Austin Armstrong really was 
seemingly like the head coach of the defense, right? When the offense came off the field, Will Hall would go and coach the offense where Austin Armstrong would really take over. And, you know, that it was his identity, right? Bringing a lot of pressure, getting all those sacks, that was really him. And so uh, it was likely that Will Hall was going to promote from within, and he did with Dan O'Brien. He's uh, a guy who's been coaching a long time. Three coaches that he's coached under include Bill Belichick, Kirby Smart, and Nick Saban. So as a lower level assistant he's worked with some of those top guys so it's really going to be interesting to see if he can come in and kind of fill that void but I would certainly expect there to be a drop off but you you just can't help but be happy for Austin Armstrong for getting this opportunity of course oh I was just going to add to uh that point uh that Charlie made was that we didn't expect him to move on this fast but for him to do it in just two years, that's remarkable. And to get to that SEC talent level, I think that's the uh, the truly uh, unique thing about this situation is that no matter where you are in, 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 you know, in the college ranks, you will be promoted. And for him just to get this opportunity is huge. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off, Dima. <laughs> Heath, can you talk a little bit about uh, Dan O'Brien and just uh, what he's going to bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, look, Coach O'Brien – Safeties coach, look, they're not going to change anything. That's what's great about this. Yeah, they're going to run the same defense. You're still going to see the four three. You're still going to see the multiple uh, action blitzes. You're still going to see the crazy coverages. It's not going to change, and he's still going to continue to coach the safeties. So what I think it's just a good move, another young coach to move in place there. And if Southern Miss is successful, don't expect O'Brien to be here for very long because somebody will come get him as well. It's just the nature of the beast. And something to think about for Southern Miss fans, when Southern Miss defenses are good, the defensive coordinators and the coaches that coach in that defense, they're always the SEC is coming to get them. Arkansas, John Thompson. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, Tyrone Nix coached there one time. I mean, you just – there's a plethora of Southern Miss defensive coaches. When that nasty bunch is good, they go off and coach at different places. In fact, the current – uh, defensive coordinator at Alabama, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, coached at Southern Miss, who came from Alabama. So, I mean, it's just one of those things to where I think it's a graduate assistant or maybe his first year when he was here. But uh, it's just Southern Miss has a long lineage of putting defensive coaches in the SEC and in different parts of college football. And the continues growing. that defense was good success happens that's what you're going to see I don't think you're going to see anything change uh with coach O'Brien coming in I think you're going to see the same thing and I think it's just going to keep on rolling yeah and just reading O'Brien's kind of uh career history he's had a you know a rich history as an assistant too um obviously y'all were talking about that and looking at the kind of defensive success that Southern Miss has had lots of that this year was in the secondary you know with the kind of unit O'Brien was working with I think the secondary was really a strong point uh, for Southern Miss this year so I think that's something uh, to look forward to but I kind of have to ask you know with all of these players leaving um some of the kind of biggest playmakers uh for this season I, if I can just bring it off the top of my head uh, Malik Shorts uh Dalen Gill Sandra Latham what didn't play much this year but uh Dominic on and on, you know, that's a lot of your biggest playmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think that O'Brien and Southern Miss are going to kind of pull that 
together just in a couple months and try to get uh, the same production that they got this year. I think they're going to be really good across the defense. I think they got enough turning pieces. Remember, you're getting two linebackers back. You're getting two mainstays back. Avery Hobbs just just announced he's coming back. Uh, defensive linemen are coming. I think you're going to be just fine. I think in the secondary, you're going to retool. Look what you did. You went out. You got a, a trans, couple of transfers, maybe George County coming in, uh, play some time. I, I think they're re- – at this point, Southern Miss – doesn't have to reload they have to retool and, and when I say that when he got here he had to reload because they had the numbers they they didn't have the numbers and his first uh transfer class gives me numbers as you can now he's able to pick and and choose what he's going after and you see it I think they're going to be just fine on defense I think the talent's there I think what he's got returning what he's got coming in from the portal is going to make a big key difference. I, I see this defense may even be better than it was this past year. Heath, I, I can't help but ask. Um, I know this is a lot of focus on the defense just because of the news, but a, a, kind of a debate we've had on this podcast several, several times is on the offensive side of the ball. And now, obviously, you know, Ty Keys uh, and uh, Trey Lowe moving on. Um, I think uh, Trey Lowe announced he's going to Liberty, and then Ty Keys is probably looking like he's going to Syracuse. Uh, and then they added several quarterbacks into this this room. And could you just talk about that room a little bit and your your thoughts on that? Uh, we've talked about how maybe adding so many quarterbacks doesn't necessarily help the situation. It, it more uh, hurts it. And then and a, a counter arguments more well, at least they have the guys because they haven't had them in the past, you know. So just what are, what are your thoughts on that? I think you got Zach Wilkie coming back. So you got a mainstay. I mean, you've got to be able to go into a spring – they get players ready to play, and you got to be able to count on them. And the problem with Ty Keys was he was hurt a lot. And when you're wasting all that time preparing somebody, and I don't want to say wasting, but when you're preparing somebody and you're taking those practice times to prepare somebody to get them ready to play and they get hurt, it, it, that was just a – that was something that needed to happen for everybody involved. Everybody needed a new start, and I understand that. Um, Trey Lowe you get because a lot of times you don't want to get your master and your doctor at the same place. That's just that that's the nature of schooling. And look, that guy's smart. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do. And I'm pretty sure if he wants to come back and be a coach, we'll haul let him. You got a couple of uh, transfers coming in that I, I really think Edwards, you got the kid uh, from Clemson. Look, the quarterback room is going to be, it's going to be fun this spring because we're going to see a huge, it's wide open. There's no question about it. Dustin Allison going back to PRCC. So the quarterback room is going to be – you're not going to have 10, 11 people in it. But I think the quality of players in the in the quarterback room has – there's not as many, but overall the quality is better, if that makes sense. And I think you're going to see a big quarterback competition happen in the spring. And remember, if Southern Miss isn't happy with what they have coming out of spring practice – there's always a rush of people entering the portal after spring practice when they're somewhere and they don't realize that they, or they do realize after spring, okay, I'm not going to have, there's not much of a place for me in this offense. So let me go on the portal. So there may be another chance later at spring practice and coach Holland and Martin happy with what they have. They can bring a guy in off the portal. So there's still so many, the portal has changed so much in recruiting and getting players that they still have plenty of options available. if They're not happy out of spring, but I think, with what they've got brought in, I think they're going to be really happy with what they have. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, it just shows how big the portal is. Obviously, they've hit the portal because of that. But uh, that brought me back to I think it was in maybe August or late July. Uh, Troy ended up getting their quarterback, I think, from Western Kentucky. And I think that was the first time I had really seen that situation, you know, locally or closer to here. So that just puts you as a reminder uh, to what can happen there. But just you know, we were we were not doing shows during the whole signing class and um, everything. But if you could kind of point out like the biggest uh, signing or just, you know, you watch a lot of high school football around the area, just who you thought, you know, who you think is kind of the biggest signing for Southern Miss that adds uh, to the team. Let's talk high school right now, because a lot of people want to do uh, portal in high school. Yeah. I kind of like to split them up. I don't think it's fair to do both. So yeah. Let's talk about high school right now. Um, for me, the guy that really um, stood out to me was Elijah Douglas, 6'3", 290-pound defensive end out of Pensacola, Florida. Defensive tackle, too. Got a quick first step, uh, committed to Georgia Tech early, got him the flop. I think he's uh, a big-time player who could come in and play. He might can play immediately. He may take a year to, you know, kind of marinate and, and learn the system. But I think he's a guy that could uh, really play immediately. Another, uh, there's a quarterback out of uh, Alabama, Ethan Crawford. One guy who's going to be here in the spring. He was injured all season, but man, you watch his film. Uh, got a good arm. Not the tallest guy, but neither was Drew Brees and a lot of other quarterbacks. You don't have to be tall if you know how to play the position. And uh, he can run. He can flat out run. I really like him. Uh, some uh, off Tank Welch, Tanner Welch, an offensive lineman out of Flowood. They call him Tank for a reason, 6'8", 310 pounds. He will mow you over. I just like that name, Tank. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just it's perfect for an offensive line. So, Tank Welch. Uh, Chris Hayes, an offensive lineman out of Startville, probably going to be a center 6'4", 260. Uh, they'll put some weight on him. Don't have to pay place here, but this is a kid that in the future – put 20, 30 pounds on him. He could be really special for Southern Miss. Um, those type, I, I look at those guys, and I think those are the ones that could really stand out. Jacarius Gray, um, another one that's could be very special. Five, 955 pounds, but he can flat out fly. So those are the ones I see in this freshman class that really stand out to me. Now, if we're talking portal, um, I don't know. Y'all want to go ahead and jump into portal since we're talking about everything. Yeah, okay. Okay. Let's 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 jump into portal. And I think you're going to see who I uh, rivals has a whole transfer portal page that you can go to and look. I like Rodriguez Clark, the running back they just picked up. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Lawrence is safe. Yeah, from Memphis. Dylan Lawrence, safety from Mississippi State. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, I really like him as well. I think he tall guy who can uh, move Gabe Cavazos Jr. an offensive lineman out of Mississippi State keep your eye on him I think he's a guy that maybe can plug and play next year uh, Kobe Cage a linebacker from Arkansas who can plug and play um, Eric Thomas Jr. defensive lineman big physical kid from Arkansas an SEC guy coming back to home to play and then of course Wills uh, quarterback uh, that's the young man from Clemson MJ Daniels is safety that transfers in from Ole Miss. Uh, 
Jackson, you know a lot about MJ, I believe, being down there in uh, George County. But just a, just a fantastic player, one of the top in the state of senior year. Of yeah, course, we talked starter. about Holman Edwards. Yeah, we, and of course, we talked about Holman Edwards, the uh, quarterback from Houston transferring in. So when you look at that, those are impact players they got in. They're going to need to fill some holes, which is what I was talking about earlier, not numbers. But they're retooling. They're they're just they're getting pieces in place they need, and uh, that's what I look at when I look at the portal and and the recruiting class coming in. Steve, Coach Hall's done a really good job at the state. Steve, I just want to add to this too. Just speaking on the portal and incoming guys, uh, specifically uh, on the offensive side, the uh, with the quarterbacks, not just the quarterbacks, but with the wide receivers, especially to give the quarterbacks that fire power. Could you just speak to some of the guys, maybe a wide out or two that could be a, uh, have a promising season or could uh, show spurts here and there that could be very promising for the offense, being that uh, Jason Brownlee is now going, um, declaring for the draft this offseason? Who could I, be that? I, I think guys right now, I think they're set at wide receiver, even with uh, Brownlee gone. The Trail Jones, I think, is going to take a big step. Uh, Brandon Hayes, another guy that you're going to see take a big step. Demo didn't play much this year. Mims. Mims is special. Mims mm -hmm. can do things at his size that not many people in this country, I don't care where you play at. He's not a big guy, but he is quick. Caston's a guy, if he can get his hand straight, we saw what he did at Tulane. He can he can run away from you. I, I think they're plenty set at wide receiver going forward. Don't forget you got Zay Franks, who I think is somebody that could jump off the page next year, and Jalen May. Uh, those two guys, watch out. Um special things they're deep at wide receiver very deep at wide receiver i don't think they have to worry about anybody coming in i think if you're coming in it's going to be hard as a wide receiver i'm going to be honest with you to get a lot of playing time yeah they definitely have a lot of young stars at wide receiver another guy i'd add to it is uh davis dalton he's a young guy out of a uh, mra he's kind of kind of a a light version of Jason Brownlee a little bit. He's a guy that can go up and make catches. I know in fall camp, he, he really put on a show, but he's just kind of circling back to the quarterbacks. Which I know Billy Wiles, the quarterback at, at a Clemson. I know you got a chance to talk to him. Uh, the write-up is on Big Gold Nation, southernmiss.rivals.com. Um, haven't gotten a chance to talk to Holman Edwards, but obviously Zach Wilkie in there. Uh, do you have a favorite in the quarterback room, or do you really think it's anybody's ball game? Oh, I, I think it's anybody's ball game. I don't think there's a favorite, and I don't think Coach Hall is going into uh, spring. Yeah, I mean, if you're saying like number one on depth chart, obviously it's probably Zach Wilkie because he's got experience. But I know I think this is a situation where Coach Hall likes to say, "Iron sharpens iron." Everybody, get out there, do your best. We'll see what happens, and I think that's what he wants. He wants guys out there competing. He wants to see who's gonna, who wants to take the. There's always the old saying, "Take the brass ring or, and run with it." Uh, I think that this is a situation where that's going to happen. I don't have a favorite coming out of coming out of spring. Uh, let's see some spring practice first. Let's see how people throw the football. Let's see what happens when they're in crowds. But man, there's some talent in there. There is some talent. Yeah. And if Will Hall can win seven games with you know with quarterback turmoil, if he could ever find a quarterback, what can he do then? Yeah. I think, I think that's something that's exciting. 
Yeah, I definitely think it's anybody's ball, anybody's game next fall. I think, like you said, Zach Wilkie may be um, an inch ahead, you know, but I think I think Will Hall's going to say it like every competition spring, I guess, or if you want to word it that, you know, that you got to go win the job and everybody's on the same level because, um, you know, obviously going into fall camp this past year, it seemed like it was Tykees, Tykees, Tykees. Trey Lowe could um, – you know, could challenge them, but it seemed like it was Ty Keys for a while. And then, but I don't think anybody has, you know, that far of a lead in this race coming into the spring camp. Heath, just uh, any, any more thoughts uh, on Southern Miss football uh, going in, uh, maybe on the recruiting class transfer portal, or um, maybe just looking at the schedule next year. I mean, you know, think about really int- like potential for Southern Miss fans to get to 11 of the 12 games outside of yeah. that Washington State game. It's a lot of fun. That's a fun schedule next year. Mississippi State, Florida State, Tulane. I mean, there you're probably going to be Alcorn State, from what I'm understanding, yeah. uh, is your FCS opponent, uh, which is great because who doesn't like to see that band come into the rock? It's always a lot of fun. Um, and then you look at your conference schedule. Look, the Sun Belt is tough. And it's a lot more tougher than it's a lot more tough than conference USA ever dared to be. So let's just call it like it is. Plus, this out of conference schedule, who knows? This team's going to be better. This team's going to be a lot better. That Tulane, Tulane's going to remember that loss because that loss cost them a, you know, they say what they want, but that loss cost them a pretty good bit when it comes into the season, I believe. So they're going to remember it. Florida State, I remember watching the game where Southern Miss beat Florida State in the Gator Bowl watching Brett Favre throw a touchdown pass uh, at the end. I remember that. I have uh, seen a many a game where Southern Miss beat Mississippi State. I was When I was young, my dad used to make me go to Jackson all the time. So I used to watch this, this schedule. has got a lot of rivals on it. It's a lot of fun. The Sun Belt is fun. I'm just looking forward to next season, guys. It can't get here quick enough. Tell you what's interesting, though, and, and, and I don't want to, you know, devil away from football too much, but on the board, Every year about this time, people are going, oh, well, baseball is right around the corner. It's time for baseball. Not anymore. Seven of our top ten threads are about basketball. That's never happened. Yeah. How about that we actually get to enjoy a basketball season Yeah. and watch the Golden Eagles, and they're winning, and they're, you know, second place in uh, the Sun Belt right now. Who would have thunk? And the fans are loving it because – yeah, baseball will be here, but the talk isn't that much about baseball right now. Hard to believe here in Hattiesburg. Yeah, yeah. Huge game Thursday night, South Alabama at home. You know, last season, um, you know, the South Alabama beat Southern Miss by thirty. You know, on in in Mobile, and this 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 game on Thursday night's a, a much bigger game. Um, any last questions, gentlemen, for Mister Heath? Yeah, I got one more. I know just kind of circling back to football a little bit, you know, obviously at the Lending Tree Bowl, you got Frank Gore Jr. putting a bowl record of rushing. And obviously you would think there'd be a lot of suitors out there for him, but he said he was going to stay. And as of now, he's staying with the program. As somebody who's followed and covered Southern Miss for as long as you have, just how big of a deal is a guy like Frank Gore Jr. staying, especially in this day and age with the portal and NIL? It's huge. It's not just what he does on the field, which is huge, but it's 
what that did for Southern Miss as far as a landing spot for potential guys in the portal. It's huge because he's such a leader on the team. I don't think people – if people knew how much of a leader he was on that football team and, and what that decision meant, not just for the football team, but it meant for the fans, it was a prideful moment. Um, it was a moment where we said, all right, this guy is, one, is, is a Southern Miss guy. He loves the school here. And when you watch him in recruiting, he's always – he's always come to Southern Miss, come to Southern Miss, come on, man. Frank Gore Jr. is just one of those very rare type of players you get. And uh, it's, an enjoy, it's an enjoyable experience to watch him, and it's enjoyable to watch him grow up, too. I think that's a huge thing. And sky's the limit for him. I can't wait to see what he does next year. But, yeah, that was huge for Southern Miss recruiting, portal. I mean, I even asked Will Hall about that after uh, – after they won their bowl game and I kind of just asked him about that, what it meant. And you could tell it was special to him to hear, to hear him say that, to hear Frank Gore say something like that. So that's bigger and more than just football. That's big for the community. That's big for the school when he does that. For sure. Mm. Hard to believe that he's coming back. I mean, you think about what he, what, how he left the field. I mean, so much optimism for next season for him and, and what that running game could do next year, especially with practically the entire offensive line coming back. So, um, so yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think, uh, Mr. Heath, you have anything else to add to that? Oh, no, I, man, it's been a blast being on with you guys. Uh, as I Thank say, you. football, football's going on. I mean, football, uh, signing periods over with basketball's kicking up the golden Eagles, both of them, ladies and yeah. men are playing extremely well. The ladies are second in the conference, too. I think that's rather interesting. Watch out for Joy Lee McNillis's, uh Lady Eagles because they'll be there at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. And then baseball starting up, and we all know how Hattiesburg Baseburg is. Uh, get your popcorn ready. That's always a fun experience. And the Pete with Louisiana coming in. And uh, we all know what Danny and how much of a love – relationship Danny Lynch and Louisiana have so that should be <laughs> exciting when they come to uh Pete Taylor Park but yeah baseball season right around the corner so much fun to talk about uh, great to be on with you guys and always fun and man great to have Jackson uh, on the staff with us here at Big Gold Nation and uh always good to thanks for having me on guys and uh best of luck to you if you need anything I'm here yes, sir. thank you from baseball season so right around the corner around it that was heath hinton from big gold nation heath so much thank you so much for joining us on this special monday afternoon on our uh on our on this podcast and uh we'll see uh we'll see you around and hopefully we'll get you back on soon thanks guys god bless appreciate you charlie smooth ost nathan and dima be thy name and fourth street be the gang Well, that was Heath Hinton. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. Um, you know, that was he just brings so much great insight. He's been covering Southern Miss for years and years and years now. So uh just always brings great insight. Gentlemen, you know, it's good to be back. Season four of Fourth Street. I'm I'm looking forward to getting back in the studio. We're all still kind of out of the studio just because the semester starts Wednesday and today's Monday. So with the studio wasn't really open. But I'm looking forward to seeing y'all all in person again. Me too. It's been a what? It's been over a month. So 
I mean, like Austin was saying, lots of us are graduating. Um, so everybody actually, except you. So yeah, <laughs> we're leaving you. But we're still going to have a lot planned for this season. Like I was saying last week is our fourth season. Um, we're hoping, you know, it, it's exciting to see the quality of play basketball does. And it's really good to see people following it like this. I'm a basketball fan, so it touches close to my heart that people are uh, liking Southern Miss basketball right now, liking what they see. But also baseball coming up. I mean, we had a crazy run last spring into the summer and who knows we could be there again and maybe even omaha i mean y'all were planning a trip to omaha <laughs> y'all it was that That's close so there's sweet. gonna be some you know exciting things coming up yeah and and just to add to that just talking about the excitement of the season um me personally the spring semester guys i don't know about you it's just so much fun. I mean, it's not is I mean the the air just warms up, the temperature just warms up the more that you go into the the further of the semester. Obviously, we don't want 90 degree weather uh out there covering so the miss baseball, but hey, it uh depends on how far they go. Uh we will be in that weather, guys. Uh so I think it's uh always a fun time to cover us uh, Southern Miss Athletics in the spring semester, and I think it's fun, and basketball is doing great, uh, like you said, Charlie, Dima, and Jackson, and, and it's, it's fun to go into the Reed Green Coliseum and just see it being filled, something that we haven't seen in a minute, and just bringing out large crowds, so I think that's pretty interesting, and we have a lot to look forward to and a lot to uh, have fun and a lot of excitement, especially if you're a Southern Miss Athletics fan, so that's all I have to say for that. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I've I've been lived in Hattiesburg all my life and have been to so many Southern Miss games, and we used to go to a basketball game every single night, every single time they had a game at home. And just hearing the Reed Green being that, like, I, I, it's like almost, I, it's like hard to remember it being that loud. But, like, this season, you know, it's really felt kind of back to that. And I'm really looking forward to what it's going to be like Thursday night. That's going to be my first time in the Reed Green Coliseum since – Man, since the beginning of December, um, for for a basketball game, just because we've been, you know, kind of out of it for a month. But yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good semester. Uh obviously baseball, really looking forward to get back out to the Pete. That was some of the most fun I had last year. And obviously an amazing memory as many Summers fans knows is getting that far. And like Charlie said, uh, if they go to Omaha, we'll be there. So uh <laughs> looking forward to it. But um obviously, you know. We'll have a ton of baseball coverage coming for you. Uh, we'll be able to talk all about them. Uh, we'll probably have a huge preview pod after media day, whenever that is. So we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, but that is probably it just for today. So uh, thanks so much for listening. We covered a lot on this podcast. Uh, hope we got to everything that you wanted to hear. We'll um, And so we miss Nathan. We hope he can be back and we can you can hear his voice again because we as no. – We've not seen him in a while, so uh, we're looking forward to seeing him uh, uh, this this week maybe, or, or especially next week when our first show is on 5 at 88.5. That's our show and uh, another podcast during the week. So for Charlie Luttrell, Jackson Howell, and Austin Lindsay, I'm Dia Mixon, and that was the 4th Street Sports Show. Three, two, one. This has been the... Fourth Street Sports Show. Tune in next Monday at 5.